Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, pop culture, wellness, and whatever else I feel like talking about from week to week. Thank you for joining me. If this is your first time, please stand and be acknowledged. We welcome you. We love you. This is a safe space depending on your political and social alliances. I kid, but not really. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for hanging in there with me, girl. I know this is an off week. I'm trying to play catch up. I'm trying to get back into my creative flow. You guys know this is an ongoing process for me. I probably shouldn't explain it every time I record this, but I just want you guys to know I'm never not thinking about doing my podcast, but I'm also trying to get back in the vein of writing and it has been a struggle for a while. I'm afraid that the skill has left me, even though intellectually I know that's not true. So I've been putting a lot of creative energy into my YouTube channel, and I don't want to neglect this here podcast audience, nor my writing audience. I'm just trying to balance it all. I just try to have it all. I'm half crying with that. Um, (laughs) So either way, thank you for joining me. I usually like to kick everything off with a fashion tip. So this week's fashion tip is to let you know that I am selling some things on Poshmark. If you're keeping up with me on my Instagram, you know that I have been on a wellness journey for a really long time. And the most visible part of that journey has been my weight loss. And I did an entire YouTube video talking about my weight loss. The truncated version of that is that I was diagnosed with a condition called insulin resistance, where basically my body just did not process food properly. So I gained a lot of weight quite consistently. And I went to see an endocrinologist. She put me on medication. We monitored my blood pressure, my blood sugar my weight. I was knocking on the door of hypertension. I was knocking on the door of diabetes. The drugs helped. I'm at a healthy level now, but that also means that I cannot fit a lot of my clothes. And y'all know how I feel about my wardrobe. I love my clothes. I shop with a lot of intention. I buy things that mean something to me that I'm really going for like a specific look or a specific feeling. So letting go of things that I can no longer fit and that would be too expensive and also kind of pointless to even bother to alter is a process. I feel like I'm leaving a part of myself behind a little bit. Um, Just the experience of um, significant weight loss is one that I I was not um, fully prepared for when I first got that diagnosis. I was just like, oh, there's no way that I'm going to lose this weight. I really it took me a while to really accept that I had like a biological issue going on with me and that meds would help. But um, the response that I've gotten from so many people about my body has actually been really overwhelming. I feel like I have a level of privilege that I shouldn't have. I don't think that people understand. I I don't like being called skinny. I don't take that as a compliment. And I know that people don't mean any harm by it. So I don't bite anyone's head off, but I I really don't enjoy that. 
Um, I am still learning how to even accept compliments that have to do with um, aesthetics. So that's a whole thing in and of itself, but especially to have a lot of attention um, on my body is very, very strange for me. Um, I know that some of that is just going to happen regardless, and especially because I'm being open about this experience um, because I didn't even know that this was a diagnosis or that insulin resistance was a thing. And so I want other people to know that that's something that they can explore with their physician. But um, yeah, the response has been really interesting. Some people are incredibly rude and have made me feel quite self-conscious mostly family members. Um, It's just not, I don't know why in our communities we feel like it's appropriate to comment on somebody's body, whether it's, uh, it's gone up or down. And I recognize that I used to do that. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I feel like that was okay? And I feel mortified at the, the idea that I would do that to people. And it's made me more aware of being more careful um, about how I speak about other people's bodies. Even when my friends tell me they want to lose weight, I, I recognize I have to be respectful of how they feel about their bodies. But I'm also just like, please don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like you're fine. So it's a fine line. I think we're all learning how, I, I, mm, let me take that back. Some of us are learning how to be respectful of each other's identities and feelings and stuff. And so I'd recognize that it's a process, but it's, it's, it's a process. I'll just say that. And so part of that process is that I have to get rid of a lot of clothes. So some of them I'm selling on my Poshmark. I'm also changing my wardrobe a bit. So I'll be adding new things to my like to know it as I shop and and embrace this new body. Like, bitch, let me tell y'all, I used to not be able to fit bralettes. Bralettes are so cute. My boobs used to be so big that like I really needed the support of like a whole ass bralette. I used to be an H and then I got a breast reduction and I went down to a D and now I'm somewhere between a C and a D. But as I tell people all the time, bra sizes are not standardized. You just gonna have to try. It's gonna be trial and error. Don't be a lazy bitch. But anyway, um... And so I bought this bralette so long ago. And as I was going through my bra drawer um, to give away, to try on, whatever, whatever, I was like, oh, I totally forgot that I bought this and it didn't fit. And I just like left it in the back of a drawer because it was black and it just blended in with the background. Child, I put her on the other day with some sweatpants. I was in here giving you um, Gen Z influencer. It was very cute. Okay. So <laughs> I will be at, um, updating my wardrobe and adding like some new style tips and things and whatnot to my like to know it. So make sure you follow me on um, both like to know it for the new stuff and Poshmark in case you want to buy some old stuff. Hell, if you have requests for some old stuff that you would like to purchase for me, shoot me a DM. Um, I'm including links to all that in the episode description so you do not need to write anything down I got you girl so this episode I just want to touch base about some things that I have not given my thoughts or opinions on because I felt like everybody else already did but again I always have to remember those people are not you and your voice matters that's how I talk to myself sometimes on occasion it depends on how I feel that day So stay tuned. We're going to touch base on um, a couple of things regarding mental wellness, a couple of things, pop culture, 
wise, I don't know what word I was about to say there. So stay tuned. Where do I even begin? Okay, so I am so, so, so excited. I just listened to T.S. Madison, who is my, just one of my favorite media personalities ever. Maddie also happens to be a trans black woman. Maddie is somebody who I want to have breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner with. She is just such a bright spot in the world who also just like keeps it real. Like she's such like also just like a Southern like hood bitch. I love Maddie so much. And she was a guest on The Breakfast Club. I am not a huge fan of The Breakfast Club. I recognize their impact culturally. I think that sometimes that impact isn't great, but I'm really happy they gave Maddie a platform to talk about transphobia, to talk about queerphobia, to talk about her journey, her personal identity, um, her struggles with that, some of her traumas. And I just encourage you guys to go and listen to Maddie and really get into some of her content. I think she just has a lot to say. And I'm very careful about how I speak about um, the trans community because I'm not a part of it. And I am definitely afraid of saying anything that could further harm that community so I encourage you guys to listen to Maddie she really held no punches with that group and Maddie if you somehow hear this I love you I honor you you are everything um which leads me to the Chappelle special I had several conversations with several friends and family members I did not watch the Chappelle uh, Dave Chappelle's latest special I stopped engaging with his content a really long time ago. Um, As a comedian, I just don't necessarily feel that he is aging well from a creative perspective in terms of the kind of comedy that I enjoy. Um, I'm even cautious about saying that I'm a comedy fan because then people will name your top five. I, I really, why do everybody always want you to list things? Like, who are your top five favorite artists? Your top five favorite, like, rap artists. How could I do that? Like, I'm not the same person that I was when I first started listening to rap music. And why are you asking me to, like, lump my faves into a list based on where I am right now? I find that to be such a weird thing because, like, I love Young Dro, but Young Dro hasn't put out a complete project in a really long time. But if I have to name my top five favorite artists, am I supposed to include? I hate that. And I think that that's like, I want to say that's a patriarchal thing. I have not figured out how to connect the two, but it seems like I, I really always only hear men do that. Like, oh, well, what's your top five, your top, like, for what, like, shit, I like what I like when I like it, why do we have to categorize things like that, but anyway, I'm getting off topic, I love comedy, I really enjoy stand-up, I'm not a nerd about it, but I really enjoy it, Chappelle just has not been one of my favorites for a really long time, I recognize and I honor who and what Dave Chappelle has been in our community, what his contributions have been for a really long time, um, his last special that I watched was years ago, and I just found it too difficult to justify to myself based on my own beliefs and my own allegiances. Like, 
why am I engaged? And not even from a perspective of like, how am I going to explain to my gay friends that I'm a fan of his? It was literally just like listening to his jokes just did not feel right in my spirit for me. I've said on this podcast before, I think that your taste in comedy is just as personal as your taste in sex, as your taste in feminine hygiene products. Like, even though y'all want to make a debate over um, what's better between tampons and pads, I'm not about to debate that with you. It's a very personal choice. That's how I feel about comedy. If he makes you laugh, he makes you laugh. And that's perfectly okay. But I don't want to engage with his content because I don't find it funny. I don't want to have to think that hard about like why this joke is okay because I have certain beliefs and alliances and I just I'm not finna work that hard to laugh at your shit. That's just me personally. I think that Maddie made some really great points that whether he wants to accept it or not, Dave is an influential straight cisgender black man and he does have the power to shift things in a better direction for specifically the black lgbtqia community and it's regrettable that we don't see more people of that identity push for the safety and um acceptance or even just respect of that community and i just think that sometimes to make like a broader point or whatever like playing devil's advocate when it comes to discussions around that community, you're giving people who are already bigoted, you're giving them permission to be bigoted. You're giving them permission to be homophobic or transphobic because they look at you as an intellectual. They look at you as a thought leader. They look at you as someone who is somewhat progressive. And even if, if, if even you aren't accepting and if even you are drawing this line in the sand between black people and the LGBTQIA plus community as if there aren't black people within that community, that I, I don't, I don't know how you, how you, how you uh, negotiate that in your mind. And I don't want to know. So I want people to just honestly stop with the cancel culture thing. People are allowed to, as you put out content, people are allowed to make a determination about whether or not they want to engage with you in that content. That's been happening since the dawn of time. And I think the overuse of like, oh, y'all can't cancel me. No, no one can. You are an alive person. No one can cancel you, but literally God, when he decides to take you out. No, no one can cancel you, but people can make a decision about whether or not they want to engage with your content based on who you show yourself to be, what you show your political um beliefs to be your social beliefs to be your whatever people are allowed to like make those determinations and I say that as someone who knows that people are allowed to do that to me you do not have to like my clothes you don't have to like my content whatever whatever shit based on the numbers it look like people don't but I don't consider myself to be canceled people are just allowed to make a decision about what content what media they consume and that's okay and you also can't continue to try to rail against cancel culture when you continue to get multi-million dollar deals, contracts, opportunities, when you, you know, are performing to sold out crowds and stuff like that. And what I also wonder is like, do you ever look around and see the way your your um, audience has maybe changed 
if you share an audience with someone like, you know what, I'm not even gonna say that man's name on this podcast, but maybe look around at who's agreeing with you and and see if that might be an indication that maybe you're going in a direction that you yourself don't want to go into. So said all that to say, I just don't engage with, with Dave Chappelle's content. I, I don't enjoy it really. And I don't want to continue to, to listen to you. Um, feel like you need to justify your stances every say, I I just don't want to do that. It's it's just not entertaining for me, but y'all go off though. Enjoy what you enjoy. I'm not going to judge you for being a Dave Chappelle fan any more than I am going to judge you for using a diva cup. It's a personal choice. Um, if that, you know, is in your wheelhouse of joy, shouts out to Sham Booty. Um, if Dave Chappelle is in your wheelhouse of joy, who am I to try to take that away from you? We need to find joy where we can. But investigate for yourself if you're harming or helping. I'll just say that. Um, I did a YouTube video the other day about Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm so confused about the way people watched her Red Table Talk with Gwyneth Paltrow, where they were talking about um, sex and empowerment for women when it comes to sex and the way that we just aren't socialized to really have a total understanding of women's pleasure when it comes to sex. Um, Sex education is not very inclusive it's it's very sterile it's very um the example I always give to people is like I remember I took sex ed for the first time in fifth grade and I remember when we learned what vaginal discharge was and I remember just being confused about like okay well what is this supposed to look like and the description that they gave was like okay but what does that mean? There were no pictures of that because I guess that's considered like gross or something. And it, it it really frustrated me that like I have this body that I'm supposed to learn how to maintain, but I don't know what it means if certain stuff comes out of it. Like we just aren't taught the totality of women's biology, let alone women's pleasure. And so she, what Jada and Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow were saying is that you get in in these relationships and we have this very romanticized version of what relationships are supposed to be and you think that if a person loves you then that means that person automatically also knows how to please you how to add to your joy how to not take away from your joy that that manual is supposed to just be automatically downloaded into their minds because they love you and when you have to have conversations with a man whose masculinity is predicated on his ability to wrong wrongfully so um his ability to please you then you don't want to bruise his ego by telling him hey I would really like it if you would do x y and z and I kind of don't like it when you do x y and z when we have sex that is an awkward conversation to have at no point in that entire interview did I ever hear Jada Pinkett Smith say that Will is bad in bed, that having sex with Will is difficult. She was talking about how it is difficult for women to express the ways in which we desire pleasure with our partners. And this is speaking heteronormatively, of course, because I can only speak to my own experience. But a lot of what she said really resonated. And I wish that more people, I was so, you know, I was disappointed to see, you know, so many people just you know, attacking her and like, she's just the worst wife and all this stuff like that. Based on this, it just, she, she didn't say that. And I, I cannot understand to this day right now, 
where people got it from that she was somehow bashing Will. It, it never came out. She never said that. And it's just so easy for people to attack women for having those conversations. And like I said on my YouTube video, I think that it is... Um, we know more about Will and Jada's marriage than maybe we should, but she just never said that shit. And I think it's weird. It's not weird. It's just notable. It's unfortunately common, but it's notable how quickly people jumped on the bandwagon of she is just the worst wife. I would not want a wife like that, whatever, whatever. So, okay, so you don't want a wife who um, is aware of herself and, and wants to be able to discuss her pleasure or her her feelings, her emotions, her desires within your relationship. Great. Good to know. Good to know that that's not what you desire in a partner. And seeing women rally against her where it's like, I want women to know that your life does not have to equal being subservient to a man's wishes. You are also allowed to have your desires as well. And you shouldn't be with a partner who shuts those down or who makes you feel like shit for wanting pleasure and enjoyment in your relationship. Now, I continue to say, can't nobody make you happy. Your happiness, your peace, your joy, all that stuff, that is your own internal job. But the person that you're with should not be actively taking away from it. And I think that you should both be adding to each other's fulfillment. Um, so I was just really disappointed at the, the, the headlines. It was just like, where did y'all get that shit from? Like, I don't know, go back and like actually watch the Red Table Talk because there was a lot that she said there that I think more women and more people need to hear. Like we also need to create safe spaces for men to not be sex gods. Like if we don't give them feedback, they're going to be out here providing a level of displeasure for so many women, whomever will have them, that everybody going to walk away like, oh, that was it. Like that's a really not fun experience to have where you get with somebody who is just like you know you think that they're gonna be so and it's like oh well who you been with that made you feel like this was super good and then you think back to the times where like maybe you have led a guy to believe that he was just really skilled at something that he really wasn't and it's like oh I'm part of the problem lots of things to think about lots of things to think about um my good sis, Meg, Megan the Stallion. Y'all know this is a Megan the Stallion stan account over here, baby. And I don't even believe in stan culture, but I love me some Meg. Somehow, somehow, Meg heard my secret desires that her freestyles be put on a mixtape. And she dropped something for the hotties. And I have been living it's like this is what I needed for my cardio for the winter this is what I needed to get up and go to like get moving and just uh, I'm so proud of her I'm proud of everything she's doing um I actually did her upper body workout on the Nike training app it was surprisingly easy I think maybe I need to add more reps or something I was like wait I feel like I should be it, let me say this. It was uh, it was not super chat. I didn't like sweat, sweat. And I like to sweat, sweat. Like if I do a circuit, I want to like drip sweat. 
I didn't get to that place. I definitely got winded at us at certain points, but I could still talk through it if that makes sense. But shout out to Meg and everything she's doing. The mixtape is everything. Um, I did read some tweets where people were saying like this was better than like her um, her full album projects. I will say that I enjoy freestyle Meg to a level that just surpasses almost almost anything like I love her energy and I also want to be really clear I don't give a shit if she wrote those freestyles down before I don't give a shit if it wasn't completely off the top of the dome I don't have my memory don't work like that my mind don't work like that so I don't just super applaud anybody who can just like you know spit from you know like oh, this is just off the top of the dome. I don't care. I just want to enjoy the lyrics. Sometimes I just want to enjoy the beat. Like, I don't give a shit. So whenever people try to, oh, she, that that wasn't like a real freestyle. I don't care. I just don't care. I enjoy it. And I enjoy her. And you will not take away my joy. You loser. You loser whore. You will not take that away from me. So shout out to Meg. The Popeyes collab just... I look today, she's like in Glamour Magazine's like Women of the Year. I'm just so proud of her. Like, I feel like she's a part of my family and just shouts out to Meg. Um, the other thing I want to, I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, but I keep seeing these debates about like what's considered beautiful and all this shit like that um, for black women. I saw a tweet last night that said that there's this one type of um, black beauty that's celebrated right now where if you don't have um, like I think she said like locks or super swirly baby hair or all that like just th- this stuff th- this she feels like there's a reigning aesthetic for black women and I cannot say that I agree I don't know if I just have a super diverse algorithm I feel like I see a lot of different versions of beauty celebrated all the time especially like in TikTok world like the alternative girls, the alternative black girls, like, oh my God, they're so beautiful and they don't all look alike. You can't look alike, really. Um, You know, there's an aesthetic of like the, the alt, you know, the alternative black girls or whatever, but they don't all look alike. They aren't all one skin complexion or anything like that. I recognize that in a broader sense, maybe people are really celebrating the racially ambiguous super curvy but no jiggly body fat type of girl with like the wigs and the lashes and stuff but I see just as many people judge those girls as I do celebrate them um I will say like as a content creator no my pictures do not get nearly the engagement of like the IG model type but I I I I don't care uh I, I guess I just have like my own standards of beauty and I think that for black women like there is no one way to be a bad bitch. And I feel really fortunate in that because when I look at who white media elevates to say like, oh, this woman is beautiful. That woman is usually just white, blonde and or thin and in some combination of those three things. And that's really it for white women. As a black woman, I don't really feel like I don't feel that way. I respect, you know, other people navigate the world differently. But I just want to say, as I've said before, please come up with your own definition of what's beautiful because you're not going to convince anyone else to think that you're beautiful. Um, people don't always desire. They just don't. And and I want us to not be super crushed by someone not thinking that we're beautiful because it's such a subjective term. Um, and you 
can still be desirable to a lot of other people just because you're not desirable to that you know, to, to that ilk of a person. Like, if somebody super desires, like, a BBL type of girl, you're not going to change their mind about desiring you if that's not you. So just do your own thing. I, I, I still find um our definitions of beauty to be really, really interesting. But I saw that, and I was like, wait, what? I don't... I couldn't even mentally I couldn't even get a mental image of the specific type of black woman that she was talking about and again it's not to diminish anyone's experience if that's what you notice you know people were responding or whatever but I think she was also saying that like there's that we have to do so much to be considered beautiful like we have to be really like put all the way together and maybe I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I am like a very femme woman like I really love hair and makeup and those things but I think that isn't it kind of unreasonable to desire to be celebrated as a great beauty if you just roll out of bed, don't comb your hair, don't wash your face, or maybe you just wash your face with like soap and water because you got that kind of skin and you just like roll around in, you know, whatever, whatever outfit you want, whatever, whatever. If that's how, what you consider beautiful and if that's how you want to present yourself to the world, that's 100% okay, but... I don't think it's reasonable for you to be upset with other people or have a judgment for other people or the world because they celebrate people who put forth more effort than you do. Um, You don't have to put forth more effort than you desire to. But that's like I don't I think that's why I don't really have any anger or animosity towards the BBL girls or the girls who do like the body modifications, who get the, the lip injections or the fillers or the whatever that's a level of commitment to beauty that I'm never, ever going to explore. I, I just don't want to. The most that I did was a breast reduction. And I am telling you, like, that is a major surgery. And I cannot understand the way. I don't know how you you super willing to put your body through that that trauma over and over again. Like, I would be afraid. That's just that's a level of commitment to a a certain standard of beauty that I'm never going to aspire to. And so why would I have feelings about the girls who are willing to do that? If you're willing to put forth that kind of effort, you're going to get some different kinds of rewards, I suppose. That's not to say that girls who don't put forth that kind of effort can't also get the same kinds of rewards as well, whatever you determine those rewards to be. But I, I guess it's just figure out what works for you, figure out what makes you happy, figure out what's comfortable for you and rock with that. But expecting for everyone else to share in your definition, that's unreasonable because people just don't owe us desire. People don't owe us to think that we're beautiful. People don't owe us to celebrate us aesthetically. They just don't. You're not going to change nobody's mind. If a person is like super into racially ambiguous looking women, you're not going to make that person believe that you're beautiful if you're not racially ambiguous. Why waste your time? Who cares? Because it's a bunch of other people who think that you're perfectly gorgeous exactly as you are. But more importantly, do you think that you're absolutely gorgeous the way that you are? Things to consider. Um, lastly, I guess that leads me to my point about choices. So I was having a conversation with a friend who um, was telling me that he was talking to some of his friends about some trauma that they endured as a kid and that to this day, like in their 30s, knocking on the door of 40, 
they still feel traumatized from that trauma as a kid. And suddenly something that my therapist has been trying to drill into my mind for like four or five years now finally clicked with me where I was like, listen, I recognize that that person was traumatized. I recognize that something was that they they feel something was taken from them. I recognize that they were violated and that that was a horrific thing that happened to them. But that thing is not happening to them today. And they can make a choice today to no longer be victimized in that way. So at a certain point in our lives, if we are lucky, you no longer have to live your life as a victim. At a certain point, you get to choose who and how you want to be. You get to choose how you want to navigate this world, especially if you have the resources You do not have to carry your trauma for the rest of your life. There were some very not nice things that happened to me as a kid. And I did not realize the extent to which I was carrying those things into my adulthood. And at a certain point around like 27, 28, I just started to feel uncomfortable. I started to feel a shift in my mind, in my body, in my spirit that I wanted something to change. I no longer wanted to be super defensive. I no longer wanted to feel horribly insecure. I no longer wanted to navigate the world with just like cripplingly low self-esteem. I no longer wanted to have suicidal ideations. I just did not want to live my life like that anymore. And that was when I got into therapy and a number of things happened that led me to that place. But I don't know who needs to hear this, but... Please stop letting the things that happened to you so, so, so long ago determine who you are today because you get to make a choice about who you are and what you want in this world, especially if you are fortunate enough to like have resources, to have access to health care, to have access to mental health care, you know, to have family and friends who love and support you, even if you don't have the most family and friends who love and support you, please just start with therapy. Please at least I like, start with journaling. Please at least, even if it's just online, please don't let the people who harmed you continue to harm you. They are no longer there. You are no longer that person. You never deserved what they did to you. And you don't have to identify as that anymore. You get to choose. And yeah, I, I don't want to go into too uh, deep of a detail of what the trauma was that the that my friend shared with me about their friends, but it just really, I mean, like really like suddenly clicked of like, well, do they not know that they get to make a choice that like that trauma is no longer happening to them? It's not actively happening to them and has not been actively happening to them for such a long time. They can heal from that and they can move forward. Do they not know that they have a choice? And I think that especially as black people, I think there are so many things that make us feel so unempowered in this world that we kind of forget that we we can reclaim some power within our own lives. I'm not saying that like we can magically make racism go away or homophobia or, you know, all of the, the things that that plague us. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that for you as a person in your own mind, in your own body, your own spirit, you do get to choose. And even if you you feel like you don't have any resources, there's probably something there, something in you, something near you, something that can help guide you to 
choosing to be who and what you want to be. Now, don't don't find yourself in no cult, bitch. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But (laughs) if you could read something, um, I always tell people to start with the four agreements. That was really really eye-opening for me. Um, A lot of people really like The Alchemist as well, but I think The Four Agreements is a really great place to start. And I just want you to know you have a choice and you may not feel like you have a choice, but you do not have to be a victim for the entirety of your life. I think I'm trying to remember the specific words that my therapist gave me, but she was like, you, instead of recalling, you are re... Hmm... Instead of recalling the memory, you just keep reliving the memory. You don't have to keep bringing, you don't have to keep living in a traumatized state, I guess is is what I'm trying to say. So just wanted to check in with you guys about some of those things. Um, Again, y'all know I'm doing my best to be consistent, doing my best to show up for you guys, doing my best to know whether or not y'all really be wanting to hear from me, honestly, because sometimes I'd be like, Chad, I don't nobody care what you got to say. <laughs> so I can, I still have my own work to do, especially as a content creator. So I hope that this gave you some things to think about in a positive way. I hope that you are taking care of yourself by some means, um, you know, journal, meditate, the free shit. <laughs> I'm all for the free ski whiskey. Um, and for your own freedom, okay? Be a free ass bitch. So take care of yourselves until we chat again. I love you all. Be sure to rate and review and um, leave positive comments and subscribe and follow and all of the things that will eventually make me the very, very wealthy Um, black auntie that I continue to aspire to be every day. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye!